It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Surely you thought there'd be no way the Dolphins would be in a crazier finish than week one against the Chargers. Surely you're wrong. And I'm going to borrow one from Coach Prime. Somebody play my theme music because we're in club dub. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Welcome to Club Dub. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting. You can find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us on a daily basis because it is your team every day. Uh, Club Dub, make yourselves cozy. Second consecutive week. Hopefully you didn't pack your bags. You can get yourself comfortable. Hopefully this is the second of many stays in Club Dub for the 2023 season for the Miami Dolphins, uh, leaving Foxborough in Sunday night football with a weird 24-17 to 17 victory over the New England Patriots that felt like, quite frankly, it should have been a lot worse than the final score indicated. And uh, there, there's going to be a lot of corrections for the Dolphins in this game. You uh, can't tell this story of this game without talking about the ending first. Uh, but before we do, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL. Post your job for free terms and conditions. Apply. The Dolphins, courtesy of a official review and overturn on a fourth and mid in plus territory with the Patriots down seven points. Mike Gusecki catches the ball. Here's a big surprise. Mike Gusecki gets tackled one-on-one in the open field for the New England Patriots on fourth down and turns and laterals the ball to offensive guard Cole Strange, who gets in the pile, gets stood up by Andrew Van Ginkle, Javon Holland's leaning on him, a bunch of bodies show up, and they originally ruled he had a first down. 
He clearly did not have a first down, but the official ruling on the field initially was a first down. Goes to Booth Review five minutes later. They overturn the call. The Dolphins walk off. They kneel out, go to victory formation, and they win 24-17 to over the Patriots. Um, I'm sure there will be a lot of focus and discussion on the defensive performance late in this game, and, and rightfully so. The Patriots scored 14 points. Um, but as the saying goes, coffee's for closers. And a couple of closers for the Dolphins, Andrew Van Ginkle and Bradley Chubb deserve their flowers. Bradley Chubb had a critical sack on that final possession to set the Patriots behind the sticks and set up a third and especially long, which turned into the fourth down that the Dolphins were able to get just enough around Cole Strange and force a turnover on downs uh, inside the 30-yard line. Crisis averted. I certainly think you can look back on some of the decision-making process throughout the build-up to the close of the game, and you know you can backseat driver it and ask yourself some questions and, and what the thought process was on launching throws deep. Um, the Dolphins kind of left the window open for New England with some undisciplined play in the secondary. Mac Jones getting outside the pocket. I thought you had some undisciplined rushes from the edge that allowed Mac Jones as he kind of heated up as they went tempo against the Dolphins. Uh, he'd get outside the pocket and make some plays happen because you were countering inside to try to close around Mac Jones. Now, credit where credit's due, the Dolphins ended up sacking Mac Jones four times. David Long, Bradley Chubb, Christian Wilkins, Andrew Van Ginkle. And there's a lot more pressure than that. There was a lot more penetration than that. I think what was cool about this game down the stretch was seeing some different names that popped that helped you to close the deal. Um, Miami Raheem Mostert pops a big run courtesy of, of Connor Williams and Robert Hunt to kind of go up by two touchdowns again midway through the fourth quarter and kind of set up this dramatic finish where New England gets some momentum and scores. And then they ultimately get the ball back. You have Jason Sanders miss a field goal. Not a good day for Jason Sanders. And we'll we'll talk more about that in segment three with the mistakes. Uh, because there were a number of mistakes um that the Dolphins ha- will will have to address in special teams play. I thought you got some good special teams play, particularly in the punt game. Not the first punt by Jake Bailey, but Braxton Barrios in the return game. You had some killer execution for the offense to close the first half. But you escaped New England, uh, two and zero. With the Patriots now 0-2, the Patriots have lost two games at home. The Dolphins have won two games on the road. The Dolphins are the only undefeated team through two weeks in the AFC East. They are in sole possession of first place. Now you have 15 games left to play. You have 16 weeks left to go. But if you zoom out and you understand, hey, this got a lot uglier than it should have been, and you acknowledge that. And I forget, I, I was listening to Sirius XM Radio um, on Friday. And it was coming out of the, the Eagles victory over Minnesota. And Solomon Wilcox was was talking and talking about the perspective of the Eagles coaches and, and correcting Philadelphia. And I thought it was really interesting uh, that they talked about you, you can sometimes get a little. It's easier to really push aggressively to make corrections in a win. Well, you saw some aggression, uh, some adjustments and corrections from week one to week two that the Dolphins made, and they win. The New England Patriots ran 25 times for 88 yards. 
three and a half yards a pop. All we heard all week, Dolphins rushing defense, five and a half yards per carry, 234 rushes, rushing yards on the ground to the Chargers. Well, lo and behold, look up. And quite frankly, oh, it, it was even worse than that. It was if you exclude the kind of inexcusable Mac Jones scramble for a first down on third and 15, they had 24 rushes for 70 yards. I'm not a math guy, but I got a calculator right here. And what I could tell you, 70 divided by 24 is 2.92 yards per carry with the exception of the Mac Jones 18-yard scramble for a first down. Less than three yards per carry for the Dolphins. How's that for an adjustment? And some of this turns into what are the weapons that they have on the outside? What is the caliber of the quarterback? What is the athleticism of the quarterback? What is the health and availability of your players? And what does that allow you to do as far as the structure and you know how you attack the opposing offense? There's some really promising developments. Now, situational football-wise, we got bad snaps. We got penalties. We got a bozo turnover late in the game where you are trying to kill clock and close the football game. You've got a blocked kick, a blocked field goal. You got drops. Quite frankly, the sloppiness, there's a lot of meat on the bone here. Miami should be getting on the plane, flying home, talking about how they should have scored 40 points tonight. They scored 24. It was enough to win. And you'll always embrace a win. Now we'll get into the game tape here on Locked on Dolphins, and we'll kind of go through what everything was and, and where it needs to be better and what was good and points of emphasis and move forward. You also have to to focus on Jalen Waddle. He was knocked out of this game late in the game on what, regardless of what Bill Belichick says, a nasty, clearly egregious blow to the head from rookie Marte Mapu uh, that Bill Belichick has the audacity to sit here and say uh, was playing the ball. Okay, Bill, here, enjoy that L. Uh, we have a lot of digesting to do. This was a crazy game. Now, Miami was largely uh, in control. You hate the fact that it came down to the final possession in a one-score game in plus territory for you to have to close the game. It's a gut punch for the Patriots, and I'll be interested to see how they respond because this is now two consecutive weeks that the Patriots have lost the game where they – could have tied or taken the lead in plus territory in the final minutes, and the offense could not do it. This is also two consecutive weeks that the Dolphins' defense closed the game. Coffee's for closers, so load up that coffee pot. Andrew Van Ginkle, Xavier Howard with the interception, Javon Holland, David Long flying around. I think there was some clarity on that side of the ball that we will talk about next here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins, so stick with us. But before we go any further on the show, today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Every day, every, every new hire for your company feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. That's why you want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add your 
job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile to let everybody know that you're hiring and simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you would like to interview and hire. That's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Surely, surely, y'all had some of this action with prize picks, right? Prize picks, the most fun that I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. You just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. You could test your skills on prize picks this football season. It is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. If you have the skills, you can turn $10 into $250 in just a few taps. Prize Picks also offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value to you. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for first deposit match of up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. I th think I've caught my breath. I think. <laughs> uh, you feel really good about the game, the way the game plays out. Miami's up 24. What is it? Was it 17 to 3? And it's 24-10, Raheem Mostert, one play, 43 yards, pops a big run. Patriots go nine plays, 75 yards in less than three and a half minutes. The Dolphins get some positive momentum, courtesy of that penalty against Marte Mapu. Put Jalen Waddell in concussion protocol. He was ruled out. Um, we'll see what that means for Jalen. Uh, for the long term, obviously, we're mostly focused on him being okay, first and foremost, right now. Um, Dolphins have the missed field goal. Jason Sanders attempts a 55-yarder. The Dolphins are up under center, and they have a snap exchange on a third and one in which you're looking at and saying, okay, just get the first down, and like you could realistically run this out with, with two more first downs, including starting with third and one, and they got after the Pats up front. For all of the discussion around the Dolphins and their ability to run the ball, they averaged... 4.8 yards per rush, and that includes the kneel downs from victory formation at the end of the game. 30 attempts for 145 yards. You contrast that to 25 for 88 for New England. 1.3 yards per carry more for Miami in this football game without Teron Armstead against a front of New England that has a lot of really good gap control interior defensive linemen and big bodied linebackers. So I think that's the, the thing for me. And, and Raheem Mostert mentioned it in the post game press conference that he had that the inside zone really worked well for Miami in this game because of how effective the Patriots are at setting the edge. Now the, the Dolphins got to the edge again. Uh, they, they had some success getting to the perimeter and springing uh, plays with that lead zone. And I love the fact that you kind of saw a more balanced approach. Now, the Dolphins largely, they passed to score. And then they tried to run to win at the end of the game. And unfortunately, you're up under center and you have a snap exchange. I mean, there's high snaps. 
There's muff snaps. Tua saves one on that critical drive where it's a high snap that he's able to catch and toss to Raheem Mostert, and he, Raheem Mostert, running like a man possessed, ends up still getting eight yards on it anyway. I look at this game, and there's a couple things that stand out. Miami finished with 389 yards of offense. They averaged 6.4 yards per play versus 4.1 yards per play for the New England Patriots. What stands out to me offensively from an execution standpoint was the areas of the field in which the Dolphins successfully targeted the Patriots passing game. New England was very conscious of Tyreek Hill giving him extra attention. The Patriots were very conscious of clogging and crowding the middle of the field. You kind of saw the Dolphins lean back into some RPOs, but you saw a lot of successful hits outside the numbers in this game. How about the wheel to Braxton Berrios at the end of the first half to put him down at the two-yard line? How about another third down conversion hitting Braxton Berrios outside the numbers? Some of these slant uh, wheel flats, RPOs, and back-shouldering the wheel because you're diagnosing they're playing soft coverage and soft zone coverage on the outside. I thought the distribution to areas of the field for Tua Tungvaloa in this game was very promising because of how he had success targeting other areas. Tua finishes this game from a raw box score perspective, 21 of 30 for 249 yards, a touchdown pass to Tyreek Hill in the red zone, and the interception that was a late deep shot down the field that Christian Gonzalez was able to run underneath. And Tua had to kind of hurry his process to try to put the ball down there and he didn't really drive it. It was kind of like a rainbow throw just to try to get it down there, and it hung Tyreek Hill up. Tua sacked once for five yards, so two games for Tua Tonga-Valoa, and quite like really, he's been hit four times. He's been sacked once through two games. That is a outstanding development for the Dolphins as far as the offensive line performance against Brandon Staley and the Chargers defense with their pass rushers and what Bill Belichick obviously has to bring and, and has to offer. For the Dolphins to walk out of this with Tua Tagovailoa being sacked once, and really it was, it was the opening possession of the second half, I think you can look to the protection again and get super excited about what that means. Now, from an execution standpoint for the Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa on average... <laughs> seconds across 30 attempts. That is astronomically fast. That is an unreal, and and still his average intended air yards was 8.6 yards. That was 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11th highest in the NFL. And his snap to release on average across 30 attempts was two-tenths of a second faster than the next closest quarterback. As a contrast, you know, it was kind of hard for the Dolphins to consistently get home on Mac Jones because he was throwing the ball fast. His average time to release was 2.38 seconds. They still sacked him four times. Tua, 2.08 seconds on average with an average intended air yards of 8.6 yards down the field. Now, were there some ticky-tack stuff? Did we did we leave another go ball to Jalen Waddell kind of up in the air a little bit? Yes. Should that, that also have been called defensive pass interference and was not? Yes. It's none of my business. 
he successfully laid one out to Jalen Waddle for a big shot down the field. I think it's exciting that you can have these stretches of play. You know what? You know what this game really. Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know what it reminds me of. You know what I think it parallels to the Week One game last year, where the explosives were apparent. There were chunk plays kind of close to the vest early on throughout this game. Some late first half situational stuff leads you to a touchdown that kind of breaks it open. Of course, last year it was the fourth down call to Jalen Waddle that he splits for the touchdown when they should do the short motion against cover one and, and fourth down. And it's a big catch and run for a score. Makes it a two touchdown game going into half. Well, Dolphins get the ball back. They know they're getting the ball back to start the second half minute and 25 seconds left, minute 40 seconds left, whatever it was, minute 49 seconds, one timeout starting on the 25-yard line, and they put together the situational drive of the game. Go down the field, take a few shots, get a few explosives. Braxton Barrios comes up with a clutch play yet again and puts him down on the doorstep of the two-yard line. There's a 10-second runoff, 15 seconds left. First play, you get that little extra time to talk about it with the booth review. You score touchdown. New England had just kicked a field goal. Right? They just cut it to three point or to seven points. It was 10-3. Final two minutes, you go down getting a chance to double dip in the middle eight. Now you didn't finish it because you had a three and out on the opening possession of the second half. But nevertheless, the fact that you ended up being in position where you went 75 yards with one timeout in a minute and a half. Scored a touchdown. Excellent execution at the end of the first half for Miami. You certainly wish it would have been sustained. I think to some degree it probably was sustained, it or at least it was more sustained than what it felt like. The blocked field goal, the missed field goal, the interception, you know, those three drives all in the second half realistically could have, should have, would have put another nine points on the on the scoreboard. Now they they didn't. And you acknowledge that and you say that's those are things that need to be corrected. The block field goal was a great play designed by New England. You tip your cap and move on. We'll talk a little bit more about the mistakes here that the Dolphins made and what's correctable. Where this team goes from here at 2-0 and to start this 2023 season next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. Stick with us. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because right now news customers can get $200 in bonus bets back guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about trying to join FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on. Kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. Think of all the amazing things in life that are expressions of you. Your favorite football team. What you wear to the playoff watch party. That song that you stream over and over to get you pumped up for the gym. Or the recommendations that you share with your friends on the top six comedy podcasts that are best to listen to on a long road trip. Or even your new haircut, which may or may not be an epic bowl cut from the 90s and hopefully is. 
Everything that makes you, you makes all the difference. State Farm believes insurance should work the same way. Your plan, your coverage selections can be personalized by you. And the ability to choose the plan you want by picking the options that fit you, like choosing to bundle your home and auto policies, is what the State Farm Personal Price Plan is all about. Getting the coverage you want at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Man. This team is just committed to taking years off of my life. Years. Literal years. <laughs> uh, but it, it makes it a lot sweeter to stay up and do this kind of show. Um, with the Victory Monday episode of the show as compared to staying up and Mike Gusecki lateraling to Cole Strange for a first down in the Patriots, scoring a touchdown hypothetically and going for two and winning the game at home on Sunday night. Miss me with all that. Feed me all of these sour grape New England Patriots fans that have no idea how to handle themselves, that their team is pedestrian for the last three or four years as compared to the vast majority of them growing up with a team that was a dynasty. And being beside themselves and not and, and the tears on the timeline. I'll take it. I'll gladly take it. And I will be a menace all week. <laughs> but um, this is a game that I think the Dolphins will look at. And um, I think it's another exciting launch point. Oh, because the, you know, for all of the 536 yards of offense that the Dolphins had in week one, the um the it was just short of 400 yards 389 yards of offense for the dolphins in week 2 uh kind of looked different you ran the ball on the patriots with a lot of success and i know that historically the patriots are ironically enough one of the few teams the dolphins have consistently ran the ball at you think about some of these late season wins in in recent years and they're getting after the pats on the ground Raheem Mostert looks great. Savon Ahmed's banged up with a groin injury. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, so Miami's not coming out of this game without any uh, wounds, so to speak. But this is now a team that won this game without their best corner in Jalen Ramsey, without their best offensive lineman in Toronto Armstead, and without their best defensive lineman in Jalen Phillips. So by week two, and, and at the very beginning of the season, training camp, you go back and you you reconsider some of those conversations that we had about the construction and the DNA of this team. And the objective in acquiring as many cornerstone players as you had was you want to be in a position where if you have to play without a handful of meaningful elite players, you have enough additional elite players on the roster that can bridge the gap until they're back. Look, Jalen Phillips having some kind of tweak, minor tweak, because he's out there for an hour in the pregame stretching and warming up on the field. Clearly not that bad. It happened on Friday. It stinks. But he'll probably be back next week. If I had to guess, Teron Armstead was a game-time decision. There's a chance he's back next week. We know Jalen Ramsey's recovering from a meniscus repair. He'll be back midseason. 
you know, so you, you're at a chance where you, you might get a nice influx in talent. So to withstand that, maybe missing three elite players and play this football game, and New England was missing their own respective players as well. I get it. But to largely dictate terms and control the game, but really just be in a position where you know, situational football, I think, probably lets you down. The Patriots scheme some stuff up. But that's what the Pats do. The Pats script every single game is exactly the same. We want to just kind of hang around and keep it close, and then we think we're going to draw up the right plays and call the right plays late in the game and outcoach at the end and win the football game. Well, guess what? The Dolphins squandered possessions because they couldn't freaking get the snap under center under control again. So you leave points out there because you trot Jason Sanders out there for a 55-yarder, and he's now 3 of 13 beyond 50 yards since I think the start of last year. We gotta stop kicking 50-yard field goals with Jason Sanders. We know what it is. Defensively, Andrew Van Gangle played his rear end off. Played an outstanding football game. Bradley Chubb elevated his game as well. Now I get it. They're both against backup tackles. Do I care? No. Does the win-loss column care? No. Bradley Chubb also had an outstanding effort play to strip Demario Douglas downfield on what otherwise could have been a touchdown for the first turnover of the game. So Chubb has a critic. He has a turnover. He has a big-time sack. He has a, a number of other pressures late in the game in the second half where they've walked him inside, and he's rushing the B-gap and rushing the A-gap and bearing down on Mac Jones. He has strong performance. Van Ginkle played his rear end off. David Long played a ton. And you, you know one of the things I think we learned? David Long probably deserves to be the other stack off ball linebacker, and Andrew Van Ginkle probably belongs on the edge. I know there's some enthusiasm with this coaching staff to move Andrew around and his versatility and obviously the football IQ, and I get all that. But I have a hard time not watching Andrew Van Ginkle rush off the edge and watching David Long fly around and smacking dudes for the Patriots wearing Patriot red and not feel like those guys are playing the roles they're supposed to play. So maybe the game tape can serve as the catalyst to make the adjustments in personnel. There's got to be some kind of call for once some team runs some yippy-yappy sprint off the sideline field goal block to hold the snap, so he's either got to come to a stop or you draw him off sides. We were not in a position where I thought we needed to take an explosive play shot down the field. You were moving the ball comfortably. Pretty much all the drives that ended in the second half without points were self-inflicted wounds. And you're kind of fortunate that you kind of you you played with your food and you kept them in the game and they clawed their way back. But I tip the cap to the defense. I tip the cap to the offense for for their respective efforts on uh, what they were able to do. I think a vastly improved defensive performance for Miami. Obviously, you gave up half the amount of points, 17. You had two turnovers. You had four sacks. Christian Wilkins showed up with some pressure. You had some other unlikely contributors. It's a good team win, and that's a good place to be. And we will watch the film and talk about the adjustments that this team needs to make as they get ready for the Denver Broncos, the team's home opener. Week three, it's coming up. The Broncos lost a... Heartbreaker after a Hail Mary and a failed two-point conversion against the Washington Commanders in Week 2. Broncos are rowing two, hitting the road, coming to Miami. Time to get ready. 
So we'll do game tape uh, on Tuesday. ASAP, as soon as we get the tape, we'll cut it. We'll watch it. We'll talk about the observations. And then we're on to the Denver. Dolphins with a chance to to push their record to 3-0. On Monday Night Football, keep your eyes on uh, the Cleveland Browns. See if they win or not. There's only a handful of teams in the AFC less that uh, don't have a loss. The Dolphins are among them. It's a cool place to be. A chance to play at home. Obviously, you've played two home or two road games. You only have five true road games the rest of the way. Saddle up. It's going to be a lot of fun. The Dolphins are off to a promising start. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Make it a good one. We will be back again tomorrow with more Miami Dolphins talk. And for now, enjoy yourself in Club Dub. Make yourself cozy because we're 2-0. Ends up. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 